Diving touchdown catch is made, and the Packers have won. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. An unbelievable finish. Your dagger! No, 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 no. Here's how it's done. And there is your dagger! What is up, Packer Nation? I'm releasing this on Tuesday just because... <laughs> Sunday and Monday were reflection days, if I want to put it that way. I didn't want to overreact to this, what appears to be a, a horrific game. So, I rewatched the game, did my research, did some other stuff, <laughs> drank a lot <laughs> to, get, get, to get over this team, but I'm going to try and remain positive throughout. I this is the most critical I'll be probably for the entire season just because there were so many glaring mistakes on the uh, coaching standpoint. A few on the quarterback play, but that's to be expected. I mean, this is his first career NFL start. And the defense in the second half coming out just putridly flat, in my opinion. Also, I have some comments on HaHa Clinton Dix. Whether he's injured or not, What's going on with him? There's a lot of speculation, but I'll try and offer my two cents on that as well. So basically this podcast is going to be a little bit more game breakdown and trying to remain, like I said, remain positive throughout, but break it down objectively, as objective as possible. So the game starts, kicks off, starts on the twenty. Aaron Jones put together one of the best first quarters that I've seen from a Packers running back in a very long time. Essentially what it was was the Aaron Jones show on the first first drive. Brett Hundley only dropped back to pass one time, and it was incomplete. It was nearly intercepted, which was a little <laughs> nerve-wracking right there. I mean... That linebacker was not too far off. You gotta check that ball out of bounds if you're <laughs> if you're throwing it away anyway. But Aaron Jones rips off a 47-yard touchdown, and everything looked just peachy at that point. So the Packers kick off. I'm not gonna get too far into it because it was just great reads, and I mean the guy the guy clearly knows what he's doing back there. 
the main the main thing that stands out, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but when the play breaks down, what I've noticed the difference between the two runners is Aaron Jones has been playing running back his whole life, and you can tell that Ty Montgomery has not. Now, is Ty Montgomery a good running back? Yeah, he's serviceable. He's fine. But Aaron Jones knows how to knows how to prevent bad plays from happening, if that makes any sense. So I've seen multiple times where there's three or four pulling linemen to the right, and it's stuffed, whereas Ty Montgomery may just plow through. Aaron Jones patiently stops and changes direction. Now, it doesn't always work out. It doesn't always turn into a big gain, but typically he's not getting stopped for a loss, which is huge. And, I mean, the guy's averaging almost eight yards a carry in this game and, what, six for the for the year. And, like I said, Ty Montgomery, there's a place for him on this team. I don't think you should stop, but Aaron Jones needs to be getting the ball 15 to 20 times a game, especially with Aaron Rodgers being out. Anyway, first possession of the first quarter for the Saints. There's something to be said about the last couple of weeks and the Packers being able to stop teams on third down and not stopping them on fourth down. I don't know if it's something that opposing coordinators see or what, but I don't know. It seems as though the other teams are going for it on fourth down frequently and getting it. Now the Packers corrected a lot of things worth being able to stop them on third and short. There was a third and short play and then the middle was wide open and they get the first down. But there was a good, uh, great play by Demarius Randall to end the possession where he gets a pick in the end zone. You know, and Drew Brees is very efficient this year. He's not throwing picks. He's only thrown two up until this game. And Demarius steps in front of the wide receiver and, and picks it off in the end zone, which is which is huge. I mean, now since that bad game or that incident or whatever would happen on, in Chicago – not, not in Chicago, uh, against Chicago. He's he's shown up, and he's made the plays he needs to play. Made the plays he needs to make, rather. And you can see where there was a talks maybe, oh, he's getting cut, he might get cut, Mike McCarthy's in the Mike McCarthy's doghouse. Mike McCarthy likes the kid, and you can tell he does. After that play, I've never seen Mike McCarthy so jubilant for a single player Ever. I mean, he embraced Demarius Randall after that play and yelled at him and had a huge smile on his face. You don't really see it too often from McCarthy. Defense overall just came out firing in the first half. But, you know, the offense has to have to come back because this is the point where it's it's unfortunate that because they get the ball in the 20 after picking up a Hall of Fame quarterback. They get eight yards on the first carry. They get one yard on the second carry. I don't really remember exactly what the breakdown was, but I wrote down this specifically after rewatching the game. Third and one, you're running the ball. Aaron Jones has 60 yards at this point, 70 yards. I don't quite remember, like I said, but it's third and one. You got to run the ball, <laughs> especially the circumstances with Hunley as a quarterback. Okay, let's say you don't run it for the sake of argument. The play call was so handcuffing and so basic. 
high schoolers should be able to cover it. Run a play action, bootleg, something to the effect of giving Hunley the option to run, create a little bit of space. But instead, you do a quick drop back under center, first of all. If he was in shotgun, might make an argument for this play. But the wide receiver on the, or the uh, corner on the left is playing bump and, bump and run coverage. Devontae Adams is right there. you got to recognize that if you're Hundley, first of all, to change a play call maybe. But they do a little one-yard in or one-yard hook, whatever you want to call it, and it just gets blown up instantly. And even if Devontae Adams catches that ball, he might not even make a first down. So that was just a poor play call, poor management. I just I just don't, do not agree with not running the ball there, or at, least, or at least play action at the very least, especially since you just rip off, just play after play after play in the first first drive of the game and then the first run of the second drive. So unfortunately, that was another th- a three and out after a big interception in their territory. So I kicked the ball off, and then there was other bit of scrutiny on this punt where Ted Ginn Jr. bobbles the play. Josh Jones kind of blows it up, which I thought right away. My initial thought was that he didn't give him enough room to catch it, which you need to give him a two-yard cushion or, or so. But he bobbles it, and he, Josh Jones needs to recognize that. I mean, I, obviously, the average fan isn't going to realize that you can't blow up a player after he bobbles it once. you got to give him the opportunity to catch it, which, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know right away. But And, and the thing is, he may have dropped that ball anyway. It didn't look like he had a clean, clean catch on the other side after before Josh Jones blew it up. Unfortunately, they get the ball back. It's just a spot foul. They don't, they don't give you any yards. So that is very, very unfortunate because that could have turned the tide of the entire game. I mean, you, you have the opportunity at least, the very least, get get three there, and you know you're up ten zero as opposed to four uh, seven zero. And so the Saints get the ball, and defense again comes out firing. They get the third down conversion on that that drive. Hit a big hit a big play to Michael Thomas, I believe, inside the thirty five. And then Devon House steps in and makes a great play also and picks off Drew Brees for the second consecutive time, second consecutive drive on the 11 or whatever it is. And once again, the Packers show up and come short. So here's my big scrutiny with that one. I love Ty Montgomery. I think he can bring a lot to this team, like I said before. Aaron Jones was averaging at that point 12 yards a carry or so. And not just because of the 47-yard run. He was getting, you know, even if you take that away, he was still averaging 6 to 8 yards a carry. Ty Montgomery comes in, and, man, he's he's just not the same as he was before that rib injury. And he just doesn't see the holes as well. He sees the holes if they're wide open. I mean, anybody can do that. And he's very agile. And like I said, I love what he brings to the game. But to give him the ball twice on that drive and then miss a wide open play and punt it again is something you just can't, you can't not, you can't go three and out on one. But to go three and out on two straight turnovers and you win the turnover battle for this game. It's just unacceptable. Aaron Jones has so much patience running behind the line. 
it, it, it's un, it's unmatched. And this bullshit that you, you can't lose your spot to injury or you shouldn't be able to is, is just nonsense because if, if Aaron Jones is clearly the better player, clearly the better runner, you got to leave him in. He shouldn't be tired after two drives, especially the last drive. He just had sat for five, ten minutes. So that can't be an excuse. Leave him out there until he does something wrong at least or or proves that he's bottled up. You need to step on their throats, and they had two opportunities to step on their throats, and they did not do it. I personally see Ty Montgomery as more of a, you don't mind me dating this, but a Tony Fisher-type role, if you guys remember correctly, who Tony Fisher was. He was more of a strictly third down and receiving back in the late, early 2000s. Never even got the ball on the runs. Ty Montgomery can legitimately play wide receiver, play that Randall Cobb role when Cobb's not in, be motioned around, get stretch plays on the outside on reverses, swing plays. He, he, he can run routes. Let him use his skills 10 to 15 touches a game, maybe even less, out in the open field where he is shifty. He's more shifty than Aaron Jones. I'll give him that 100%. And he's probably got better hands than Aaron Jones. I haven't seen anything to the contrary that Aaron Jones can't catch the ball, but I would just imagine it. Ty Montgomery has better hands than Aaron Jones just off the eye test. But when you're third and short, going to be going at third and out, three and out for the second straight time, and you run another stretch play with Ty Montgomery, that just to me is 100% on the coach, not even on Brett Hundley at that point. Because the other one you can make the argument that Brett Hundley could have seen something and checked, gone to a different play, maybe a... Maybe, like I said, maybe a bootleg play action, something like that. Or even a little short out for the tight end. But that, it just it just is unacceptable for those two straight possessions. To have picked off Drew Brees with the Saints team that is obviously improving. I don't think the Saints team are as bad as what people thought. I mean, they're leading the division now in the NFC South. Two straight, three and outs after two picks with... Six plays totaling 18 yards or so. I mean, you were right there getting a first down. Even if you get to the ball to the 50 and punt it, that's a short field. Now, see, on the contrary, it's the short field for Drew Brees. You can't give him short field. So the Saints march down. Ingram goes right up the middle for a big gain and a touchdown. Shortly thereafter, I'm not going to break down that drive too much. It's just they marched. It was... Poor play by the defense, and then they missed the extra point. So it's 7-6 to six at this point. Now this next drive for the Packers was one of the few positives of the uh, of the whole game. They start using Montgomery kind of the way I wanted him to. He's split wide, wide out right. And he's a capable runner, like I said, but he catches the ball and makes a quick move out in the open field and gets 9, 10 yards. After that, Aaron Jones comes back with, I, don't know, I think is the best run of the game. It's second and short. And he, the Saints look like they run a stunt, stunt blitz along the left edge, left side. So on Bakhtiari. All the Packers pull right. There's a stretch play right. And this is where Aaron Jones is clearly the more capable runner. This was the most evident part of the game. And it was not even a long run. But he has two linebackers right in his face the second he touches the ball. They were coming off the left edge. Going to stop him for a four or five yard loss. He patiently stops, lets them go by, changes field, 
cuts back left for eight or nine yards. No blockers in front of him. 100% Aaron Jones on that play. This just shows you how advanced his running is and how I would legitimately, calling it right here, would not be shocked if he has over 1,000 yards this season on the ground. I know that's a big step. He's only got, what, nine weeks to do it? Ten weeks? I don't know. Say four and three. So, yeah, ten weeks to do it. Nine games. But it wouldn't shock me. All right. So next play. This is one of those evidence that uh, Brett Hundley just is not on the same page and doesn't quite have the timing down. They do a nice play action. It's it's open. Okay. The defense commits to the play action. Brett Hundley just, it's so hard to explain, but that test of when Rodgers steps into the pocket and fires it deep on a play action play, you are expecting that wide receiver to be either open or to fall right in their right in his bread basket. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's just a half a second short, and he underthrows it a little bit, and Jordy Nelson is now looking like he's playing defense. That being said, I'm fine with the play call. I mean, let him take his chances, take the reins off him. I don't think he, Mike McCarthy was as conservative as everyone's making it out to be. I mean, he gave him opportunities. Hundley didn't capitalize on the few opportunities he's he, the few opportunities he got. A few plays later, Brett Hundley shows you what his skill set is and what his what he brings to the table on that scramble, about 17 yard touchdown he had. He didn't just run out of bounds at the two-yard line like most quarterbacks would. He charged up and hit that safety and brought it into the end zone. He's got he's a capable runner, and, and the guy is a threat, is a dual threat. He's very fast. I think he's, he's more agile than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the, the offensive line played well, but he did have a few where he could have been sacked, and he got out of pressure. Granted, he needs to make those throws, but you can see what he brings. And going forward, I don't think we're in as bad, in bad a territory as people think. Once again, I think a couple more weeks with timing, Brett Hundley's going to be fine, and we're, we're going to see on Monday night. I'm hoping that, that Detroit secondary can be exploited. I believe it can. And I think Brett Hundley's going to be more capable than what people are leading him to believe. I think too many people are saying the sky is falling, go out and get Getting another player at this point is not the answer. I wouldn't mind bringing in a veteran to back him up, but who's out there? I mean, who? It, it's, it, there's, it's, not like, <laughs> it's not like there's a Matt Flynn from a few years ago just sitting in the wings. I mean, very, very thin at the, uh, in the open market right now. So I think that, not to mention, it's not going to happen. Ted Thompson's not going to sign a quarterback right now anyway. I mean, four or five more weeks, they win a game or two, and Brett Hundley just looks terrible. Maybe you'll see a veteran be brought in, but I just don't see it happening. I think Brett Hundley's more than capable. So Packers go up 14-6 to with 10 minutes or so to go in the second, first half. The Saints are on their own 28 and it's third and three. Now this is the part of the game that you really could have stepped on their throats. I noticed a major, major flaw in this defense was they have the tendency to bring in too many D-backs and leave that middle wide open for the tight end or a, a you know a 
slant receiver in a or slot receiver rather running a slant. Third and three on their own 28. 28. Packers rush rushed five and just the most basic blitz. There wasn't no stunts. Clay did a little spin move, but I think that was on his own. I think that was I don't think that was called. They run all heads up on the line, blitzing all the gaps, but not doing anything crazy to disguise, do something, do a little change of pace. Don't just rush it right up on because you're not gonna you're not gonna create pressure that way. They bring two down linemen and three linebackers, no all outside linebackers, no middle linebackers are in there to spy the quarterback, which man, you gotta believe that your top two corners can can stop them one on one and maybe a zone with haha running a zone. You can't double cover those wide receivers on the outside and leave the middle wide open because that's gonna get that's gonna burn you. Kobe Fleener is not Travis Kelsey. He's not Zach Ertz or Rob, Rob Gronkowski. You can put a Jake Ryan on him and spy the quarterback, and that middle will be shut down. The tight ends and the slot receivers are getting too many third and shorts, fourth and shorts, whatever you want to say. It's a big play right there. Breeze just stood back, lofted it over the top to Fleener. I mean, I didn't even notice anybody blatantly out of position. You know, I don't know. It just it just wasn't wasn't a good play. Bad defensive call there. If anything, call a timeout and reposition. You gotta know that's coming. I mean, you were already up at that point. Could have gotten the ball back in good field position. But no, they end up putting punting later. But take a little bit of time off the clock. They get the ball back, and Hunley, on third down, takes it up to about the 40 on a great, great scramble. And with good cuts, too, it's not like it was just wide open. He runs up the middle, and there's guys looking after his head. And he's cutting around, going going up the middle. Great play. Gets down to about the 40, their own 40. He has some serious, serious skills as a runner. <clears throat> and after that big run, there's a false start, which... It's just a bad time to get that. Not that there's any good time to get a false start, but then a real frustrating play happens. Um, a screen pass where Huntley just kind of chucks it into the ground the second he sees pressure, which a couple things at this one I noticed. One is always defenses are just going to blast right through the line when you're running a screen. So QB typically drops back and floats it over the top of them. Skilled coaches and defensive coordinators were going to discipline their players to kind of hold up when they notice that right away. Clay Matthews is the biggest, biggest uh, culprit at screwing this up. He'll blast the line, get big eyes, and taste after the quarterback, and then be way out of position when that ball gets thrown to the running back with blockers in front. So the Saints kind of noticed the screen right away, develop, and held a couple backs, held a couple uh, linemen back just to make that throw very difficult. And I don't know, I, I don't disagree with the, the play to throw it in the middle. If you don't feel 100% comfortable, go ahead. But you got to give that a little bit more time to, to develop. Maybe toss it just over the top of their heads or any place where Aaron Jones can catch it and, and they can't. He was behind the lineman. So Aaron Jones could have cut out, done anything like that. As long as you keep it behind that line of scrimmage, you're good to go. Besides the point. <laughs> but after that, Hunley misses a throw kind of to the sidelines and you know that great run and good field position is just for not defense holds up for the saints they punt again 
And then they have one more drive before the half. And things were kind of clicking. Well, somewhat, sort of, kind of, somewhat clicking due to penalties on the Saints. Um, they get down in field goal range inside the 25, 25 or so. Then I don't know what happened on this pass interference on Richard Rodgers, but Hundley throws it to him, and he is clearly not on the same page. I don't know if he misheard. If there was communication inside the huddle that was wrong, but he was blocking from the start and pushing his defender all the way back. And the defender knew it wasn't a play where he would be getting blocked, so he kind of just let it happen. I don't understand what happened there. We're probably never going to find out. Um, so you're right there. You're on the 31 when that play happens. Jumps back to the 41 with 11 seconds left in the timeout. Now, you're in Crosby's range, well within his range, for what, a 48-yard, 49-yard field goal at that point? Down to a 59-yard field goal? <laughs> so you got 11 seconds left in a timeout. 11 seconds left in a timeout before that play, but... So you got six seconds left, and you still got a timeout on the 41. Personally, I use that timeout and run a play in the middle, a real quick slant or something just to get you within a little bit more of a range. With the garbage weather, you got to give Crosby a little bit more, more or a little bit closer. I mean, that 60-yard attempt was it was pretty much doomed from the start. I I don't I never had a thought that that was going in so. Now, this is the time where you got to stop being conservative because, like I said, chances are that field goal ain't being made with those conditions. Just the fact that the holder and the snapper aren't, aren't quite on the same page yet. I mean, what was the sh- it was 20 yards short. <laughs> the ball bounced outside the end zone before the end zone. Me, being the amateur <laughs> observer... To me, that's where you run a fake. Because it's third down anyway. Let's say you get, you know, sacked. I mean, you still got that timeout. You can still chuck the ball deep again. It doesn't, doesn't hurt you. It's not like you attempt the field goal, you miss, then they get the ball no matter what. You mean pull that ball off and throw it in the, into the ground and attempt it again. Do a fake. Do something. Spark up that, spark up that, uh, that offense. Because you can you can step on like I said step on their throats with that type of play. Those are game changing type of plays, and we just don't take the chance that often. I believe that was the time to use it. I mean, the last time when we had a play similar, something similar to this was back in Super Bowl year, when the Packers come out opening kickoff and do an onside, do something to stir it up. When they when Matt Flynn was the starter against the Patriots. Again, you gotta you gotta take your opportunities when they're presented, and I believe that was an opportunity to do some sort of fake or just something different, or or throw it in the end zone. I mean, come on, don't try that sixty-yard field goal at that point. It's in with, within Crosby's range, indoors, or at perfect, you know, perfect conditions. Lambeau's field isn't is a combination of turf and natural grass or whatever it is. It's not the easiest surface to kick off of. But that's what you're faced with, and first half is over. Well, I think Saints ran one play, but it doesn't was didn't do anything. Second half, not a lot of positivity to talk about in the second half. The defense just looked flat pretty much from the get-go. 
The offense just didn't pound the ball enough. At this point, Aaron Jones had 97 yards in the first half on 11 carries or so. Huntley wasn't on the same page with his receivers. And he was a little bit handcuffed. Like I said, you can you can take that for what it is. I mean, I don't think it was too bad. I mean, you're obviously limited. You still only have one week of preparation with those receivers. His timing was just off, and he was in a bad situation. Kick it off, they get a nice big return. And Lowry makes a good stop on the first play. But, man, haha, Clinton Dix this year, something is off with him. Personally, I believe it's the fact that he's calling the defense and he's just way overwhelmed. As a coach, you got to understand that. Morgan Burnett not in there. Well, yeah, I'll touch on this in a little bit, but Morgan Burnett not in there is very glaring. But the play that I'm stating um, that was most noticeable where he just flubbed completely. And it's not even a play where you flub on or you pull up. Like, it's something that you teach in fourth grade. Michael Thomas catches the ball about three yards short on first and second down. Okay, so he's about three yards short. You're looking at a third and three. Ha ha, Clinton Dix jumps over the top of him. Doesn't ever touch him. And he stands up and gets the first. It was so frustrating to see the second he catches it and falls down. Just touch him, touch him, touch him, touch him, touch him. And he doesn't. He just jumps right over the top of him. Doesn't even turn around. Michael Thomas looks back, has the time to look back, look to the right, look to the left, and then run forward and lunge for a first down. Another one of those instances where third and three in a punt is different. And, ugh, it just it just really frustrates me when those little things like that happens. And that boils down to coaching. The defense does not, it's not playing terrible. I mean, you're talking about a Saints offense that is one of the better offenses in football, in my personal opinion. You got a hard runner, you got a shifty back and Alvin Kamara, you got a top 15 wide receiver, 10 wide receiver and Michael Thomas, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not getting sacked this year, he's not throwing picks. Decent tight end in Colby Fleener. The defense played okay. I mean, they came out flat in the second half, but stuff like that has to has to be corrected. I'm assuming they're going to talk about it in film, but come on. That and a couple weeks prior to Nick Perry picking up the ball at the last play of the game against the Cowboys and just kind of walking with it instead of just falling down. I mean, those little boneheaded plays are just so frustrating. A few plays later, HaHa makes another flub, and this is where I'll get into the Morgan Burnett thing, but... Floats it up to Brandon Coleman, and HaHa's late getting there. In previous years, he would at least come flying in to put a hit on the receiver. No, nope, he just pulls up. Brandon Coleman catches it. HaHa runs past him. Touchdown. Now, Kevin King bit real bad on the fake bubble screen to Tedkin Jr., so most of that is on him. But, man, HaHa losing that chip on his shoulder or whatever you want to call it, I don't know. I hope he figures it out because, I mean, maybe it's that little green dot on the helmet without Morgan Burnett being there calling the defense because he's a player that has doesn't ever, I mean, this is no offense to him, but doesn't strike me as the most, most heady guy. He's more of a guy that just plays off of emotion, plays off of the moment, stuff like that. It's just another huge part about this Morgan Burnett injury that isn't really seen. 
So for those people that think he's just a mediocre player, I mean, it's pretty evident with him out, not out there how different this defense operates. For example, on something like that, what fans don't hear and I don't hear either, but, you know, he's screaming and yelling, pointing, you know, using all these things. Let's not even mention the fact that there was 10 guys on the field twice during this game and touchdown was made off of one of them. But we'll even take that off where Taha Clinton-Dix didn't count to 10. <laughs> could have at least called a timeout and reset. But Morgan Burnett could have saw that fake screen coming, whereas Haha might not be that type of player yet. Even a little, hey, King, watch it, watch it, watch 17, watch 17. He's a smart player and gets into his young D-backs heads and holds them accountable. Something simple like that, like watch the bubble screen. Maybe Kevin King doesn't bite. Again, hypothetical, but then he it might be in his head just a little bit to the point where that throw is at least harder to make. Kevin King bit bad, and that's where his rookie mistake shows. Obviously, he has to notice that, but it is also up to the quarterback of that defense, which is now HaHa Clinton Dix, to tell him, watch the screen. So, anyway, they score. Packers go down two. Huntley did do well this whole entire game of escaping pressure. Now, he stares at the line a little bit, whereas Aaron Rodgers tends to keep his eyes downfield, and that just comes with experience. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback, and a first-start quarterback. I mean, obviously, something like that is going to be evident. But, you know, he hit Jordy on a nice broken play on a sideline where Jordy's kind of sliding in, gets a first down. That was nice. Then uh, then Hundley fumbles. We land on it, and it is second and 18. So the next two plays are the most frustrating of the entire game. And this is when, on second and 18 when Mike McCarthy decides to take the reins off of Brent Hundley and let him chuck it deep. He chucks it deep and it got double coverage. And it wasn't even like there was inter- intermediate routes that he could check down to to make it third and nine or third and 12. So it's third and manageable. So that's the that's very frustrating that he didn't at least, if there's any time to be conservative, it's on second and 18. <laughs> get, get a couple yards. So you can make it a little bit easier to make that third down conversion. Third and eighteen. Now a screen pass is called, which I don't disagree with, and this wasn't this hasn't been talked about a whole lot in terms of sports radio that I've been listening to today, yesterday and today. But a screen pass is called, which is common, and you know, running a short screen on third and long is every every team does it. But <laughs> in a big but I don't know if Brett Hundley didn't realize that was a screen pass or what. He gave it no time to develop. Three linemen were right in front of Aaron Jones off to the right. He Brett Hundley hits Randall Cobb or uh, Devontae Adams on a slant there. Devontae Adams wasn't ready for the ball. Jordy Nelson was already blocking on the backside. Three linemen are in front of Aaron Jones, and he, for whatever reason, throws a slant that is instantly bottled up. I don't know. It was it was it was mind-boggling to watch, especially on that on that first screen, yeah, it was bad, but then the second one he had all the time in the world and and a ton of daylight in front of Aaron Jones. I don't know if he 
what he saw, like I said, personally, it didn't look like he even knew that was a screen. So that needs to be corrected immediately because those are the types of plays that can break it open. Those screen passes when they're not expecting a screen, at least get a first down. But after that, Saints tore him apart. (laughs) D could not tackle. They go down the field, get a field goal, and it's 16-14 at this point. I may have said before that the Packers were down one before, but no, they were up one at that point. Anyway, besides the point. After the field goal, they kick it, and Davis takes it out from about eight yards deep, and some people were extremely critical about this, but I am fine with that. Backup QB, you got to get a spark. He's a capable runner. He's shown he has the more than capability to take it back. He's done it a couple times, well, maybe in the preseason, but yeah, he's he's a good good return man. I don't disagree with that play at all. You got to get a spark somewhere, and that could have even been a a call. Hey, take it out no matter what. First play, they run a, a simple off tackle left, and then next play is what I really, really, really want to see them do more going forward. If you find out that. Brett Hundley cannot get on the same page as his wide receivers. They run a read option, which has been never been run in Green Bay. Very, very rarely would Aaron Rodgers ever pull that ball out. With Brett Hundley, you have the opportunity to do that. He rides Aaron Jones. He made he made the reads. He pulled it out, zooped around the right edge, and gets nine yards and a first down. You have an athlete back there. Use him. I mean, if Mike McCarthy is going to be conservative at the very least run a couple read option plays with him especially if you want to be conservative passing the ball especially so the Packers keep running it down their throat Aaron Jones has another beautiful broken play bounce out right it's a heavy tight package without a lead blocker uh, there's two tight ends right they might have even had an extra tackle in there it was a really odd formation but gets 15 to 20 yards gets down on their side of the field Cobb fumbles the next play that was pretty much doomed from the start. Um, But you also get a 15-yard penalty down to the 29. Hunley throws it away off the edge on the first first down on the 29. And then, again, they put Ty in there after Aaron Jones rips off another great run. Do that dumbass stretch play that it hasn't worked since, (laughs) since Eddie Lacy was on the team. Three years ago. That play's always been doomed. I just don't like it. At least have the lead blocker in front of you and run hard off tackle and let the running back bounce. But Ty's in there. He's four carries for six yards of this game. Just never had anything going. Now you have I just don't get why you don't why you take Aaron Jones out if you're planning on running the ball that play. Run up the tackles. Pound it. Pound it. Pound it. <laughs> now you got a third and ten and a long field goal in, in shitty weather. Um McCarthy draws up another back throat shoulder fade on third and 10 from the 29 on a long field goal that in good weather is long and, and not an easy, not a chip in by any man, by any stretch of the imagination. For some reason, he draws up the back shoulder fade here again on another long play. You know, third and long is not the time to be drawing up <laughs> back shoulder fades when the timing's been off from the, from the beginning. Get some yards and get the lead. I mean, granted, Mason made the kick here, but I still don't agree with the play call. you got to get some yards and put that ball in the middle of the field, at, at the very least. 
Um, for all the gripe that this team's gotten, they got a one-point lead into the fourth quarter. That's what makes this loss so disappointing and so hard to take because of all the stuff that I talked about that was going wrong. You have a lead going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> and at this point, the defense just shuts off and now really, really flat. But Saints go right down the field, make a couple of good stops, and but they kick a field goal. Now the Saints are up two. So you're down two with 10 minutes left. Still not a bad position to be in. I mean, you're still right there. You're less than one. I mean, one field goal and you're back on the lead. Touchdown gets you up by five. At the very least, a two-possession game. But the offense just screws the pooch. <laughs> you run a stretch play left. When up the middle and between the tackles have been completely unstoppable all game. They run that dumb stretch play that I was talking to the left. Um, the one major thing about running that stretch play with David Bakhtiari is he, I'm still believing he's at probably 75%. I mean, granted, his 75% is better than most of the league still, but he's not. he doesn't have that quickness with that hamstring being kind of shaky to get out and set the edge on that on that defensive end, which he didn't do, and which is why that stretch play hasn't been working. Running up the middle has been the deal. Just off tackle has been the deal. Or pull it out and do the read option there. Or a play action. I mean, there's so many more things you can do. <sighs> Unfortunately, then you're st stuck with another third and long because of those two stretch plays. And Brett Hundley hits Martellus Bennett for a sliding play for like five yards short. It's another one of those plays that's just kind of you slap your head and hope that gets corrected because it's not a read he should be making. Saints get the ball back, and once again, without getting too far into it, the defense is looking flat. And if I just get into one thing that kind of annoys me about about uh, sports talk radio and in, in general, and fans or announcers or whatever, a lot of sports guys because the. Saints ran 75 plays, and the Packers ran 50 offensive plays. A lot of the guys are saying, well, the D looked tired out there. Uh, the, you know, they were on the field so much, blah, 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 blah. It's just an adage that I wish people would just quit saying because their opposing offense is running the same plays that the defense is running, and they also have a 38-year-old <clears throat> quarterback. Why didn't they look tired? It's just not an excuse. Um, you're professional athletes. you got to be conditioned enough to be able to run with Drew Brees and the Saints, even if you're out there long. The offense is also out there long, uh, the opposing offense, rather. So I, I don't believe that that's an, a valid excuse ever. Defense has to play. They have to make their money, too. But anyway, the Saints get down to the one-yard line, and this might be the biggest moment that I have still yet to be explained to me. Um, that one of the dumbest calls I've ever seen a coach make in a in a game that the, that is this close. Okay, it's inside the one yard line. Okay, Alvin Kamara catches the ball and stretches it out, bangs the ball off of Haha Clinton Dix's head. He's marked down, bangs the ball off of Haha Clinton Dix's head, 
Packers clearly recover before the play is blown dead. So the refs did let it happen. On second look, at the very least, it's arguable that he could have fumbled. Even if he didn't. Even if there wasn't conclusive evidence. Fine, I'll, I'll give it that. Give it a chance. Mike McCarthy cannot call a timeout there. You have one left in a challenge. And let's say you are your defense is tired and you wanted to give him a rest. You got five minutes left. It's not like you're hurting for time. If it was less than a minute and a half, or but it, even then the review would have been from up the booth, so it kind of defeats the point. He calls a timeout instead of challenging it. Now you challenge that play no matter what because you get your time, you get your rest, you get the time to talk to your defense, even if it's not called. You still got better time to prepare. Why call a timeout there? What if that play gets overturned and you get that ball? Back with the time, you know, with one down, down one possession. Huge play, huge, huge mistake on the head coach there. That cannot happen. He's got, he's got to be smarter than that. I mean, that was just the first thing that came to my mind, and not a whole lot of people are talking about that play. And like I said, I'll even give it the benefit of the doubt that that was not a fumble. At the very least, you can say, "Hey, hey Drew Brees typically jumps over the top right there." I don't know. It just, it, it just, it just makes me really upset that a coach that is his caliber, and I still do believe he's a good coach, but he made a lot of flubs. When he said this play, this is a loss that's on him. He's not kidding. This is a 100% loss. I blame on Mike McCarthy. I'm not even saying that the Packers will march down and and score there if they did get the reverse. I mean, they didn't show any evidence that they would have anyway, but. I don't know. Just an unfortunate thing there. And, you know, at that point, without 12, it's not really easy to come back down two scores with five minutes left and no timeouts. So I'll kind of end end the uh, game breakdown there. But bright spots, Aaron Jones tears it up, averaging almost eight yards a carry. Blake Martinez, 15 tackles, one shy of the lead lead. He's been a huge bright spot, kind of out of nowhere, in my opinion. I, after last year, I was iffy on him. But he seems to be a legit draft choice right there. Bright spots. Another major bright spot is uh, no injuries this game. No major ones anyway. This whole bye week, you got to plus the extra day because they're playing on Monday night. Get a bit healthier. Get two more weeks for Hunley down with the ride receivers. Burnett should be back. Beagle and Adams should be suited for the next game. Monday night against the Lions. You can't be too mad. I mean, you're still above 500. You're only one game out of the division lead. Don't think it's time to panic just yet because of all the things that just went wrong. They're correctable. Rodgers had a successful surgery and could return if needed. That's another big one. Vikings lion don't look too impressive, and I'm a tiny bit worried that the Bears actually could catch fire. I'm a little bit more worried about the Bears than the Vikings just because the Vikings quarterback situation is such a mess, and I just do not believe in them yet. I'm, you know, I'm hesitant to say I'm a believer in the Bears, but... I don't know. That's a tough defense to get through. <sighs> Brett Hundley hate is very much unwarranted. Uh, you got to give the guy a little bit more credit. He's still young. He's still 24. He's still learning. Give him a couple more weeks. All right, Packer Nation. Sky's not falling. Go Pack Go.